Give us 10 minutes. All right. I mean, he said 10 minutes. I didn't say anything about that. So. Go lock the door. Go lock the door. You're closer than me. Go lock the door. Oh, my God. Why did you have to say 10 minutes, man? Because I was not expecting him to have a timer. <laughs> Welcome to This Week in MTG with your hosts, Matt Olson, Danny Oakstead, and Big G. Hello and welcome, Magic Folk, to episode 151 of This Week in MTG, your good news podcast for all things Magic the Gathering. We're your hosts, I'm Matt. Over there, we got Danny. What's up? No Big G tonight. Big G is out doing adulting things. No yep. full details, but it's safe to assume adulting things. He had adulting things this weekend, and weekends typically expand into the week when you're adulting. So, Big G is is not here at the moment, so you just get Danny and I, the two sultry voices of tangents. That you do. Going back to OG roots here, folks. Not quite OG, but just second gen. Second gen OG.1, OG.2 kind of a thing there sure uh, og to point two because we're still to the OG. we're the founding oh, fathers of second gen founding fathers of second gen there we go we're all glad that you decided to join us so we always start our episodes off by giving big thank yous to everybody out there listening to this whether it be in the live stream which we do every monday night around 7 p.m and who is listening to this afterwards on the edited version as well big thank yous it means a lot that you're actually taking time out of your day to listen to schmucks like us talk about Magic the Gathering. It's really cool to kind of like see those numbers of people that actually listen to us each week. It, it grows. It really does. Like I remember starting it when we started back up, we only had like, you know, 30, 40. Mm-hmm. And now we're in the triple digits, man. We're like 150. <laughs> we're moving on up, That's baby. five times, bro. Five times. Moving on up. Get a little peek behind the curtain there of this week in MTG numbers. If you want, if if you feel that the number should be higher, make sure to share this, rate this. We don't we don't plug that shit that often. Share and rate. Do all the podcasting things that podcast podcasters ask. Uh, along with thanking you, dear listener, we want to give a special thank you to our patreons that feel that that monetary support is worth it for them. Like this content, they feel tossing their money at is worth it. Uh, if you become a Patreon of ours, we have a couple tiers currently. Uh, first tier is a $3 tier, and you get put into a monthly drawing for booster packs. Next month's booster packs are going to be Strixhaven set boosters. So you have a chance to get those uh, Mystical Archive cards in there, which is pretty dope. And that's at the $3 tier. $10 tier, you get put into a drawing for uh, commander cards that are valued between like 15 20 bucks. And, oh my god, Danny, we got to write a list. I had all weekend to do one, but I was too busy fucking headbanging and just Good like job. checking out Madison to fucking get a list out. So mind you, it's Madison, Wisconsin, not some chick named Madison. Th- very good, very good, very good to clear that I out. Got, I got your back. Love you, boo. Thank you. So yes, did that, and 
uh, we we'll get we'll get a list out. Typically, patrons are able to vote for what the card is going to be. We give a list of like five to ten, five to eight cards and stuff. You vote on them, and then boom, that's the card that gets chosen. Also, patrons get access to the unedited version, which includes the pre-show ramblings and our uh, open flippy dot drinky antics that happened before the episodes. Um, they also <laughs> as long as Matt hits record. That's a key feature of that. It's Matt has to, as, as he looks and makes sure he hit record. Gotta make sure. Dude, I kid you not. After that one, I am so nervous. So fucking nervous of not actually hitting record. Because, boy, howdy. Let me tell you. If I did it that consecutive, I'd be. it'd be bad. Oh, shit. It happened again. Yep. I went down. Oh, my God. So, we really apologize. I wonder how this is going to well, look on YouTube. I think there's going to be multiple different fucking YouTube videos here, man. Yeah, probably. Or YouTube's actually, well, is YouTube live separate from Twitch? Maybe. I'll double check afterwards uh, just to make sure that we keep rolling here. So big thank you to our Patreons, Wade97, Chapman, Amu the Fox, Colin, Noah Slade, Third String Chapman, Nikki, No Modifier, Steve, Jacob, Christian, Maddie K, Barra, Chimera, and new to the Patreon, KZB. Thank you so very much for deciding to support this. It's greatly appreciated. It, it 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 funds paying for hosting and stuff and the packs that just keep going back out. It's all self-sufficient at this moment. And it's really cool for, you know, in, in our heads that that's the case, that you all believe it. We have playmats. A few of them for sale left. We're running low. And then uh, we're going to have new playmats coming out whenever that gets done. And currently, you just hit us up on any of the social medias. Be like, hey, I want to play mats. We'll work out something with you. We'll send them anywhere. We sent them to Germany, uh, California, Canada, Texas. We want people to have these play mats. If you want one, hit us up. They look really cool. They're of our banner and stuff. Uh, also, our amazing sponsor, J-Dub Sports Cards and Gaming, they have our play mats in store. So if you're in the FM area and want to check out a cool card store, go check out J-Dub Sports Cards and Gaming. Speaking of JW Sports Cards and Gaming, let's hear an ad from them now. JW Sports Cards and Gaming, located in West Acres Mall in Fargo, is your one stop shop for all your Magic the Gathering needs. In the store, you will find a huge selection of sleeves, playmats, and dice for you to personalize your battlefield with. Along with having a large variety of singles in their display cases, there are also binders and boxes for you to browse through. That much selection means that you will always find something you are looking for. J-Dubs is also the place to gather to play a wide array of formats with friends in the community. There is Commander League on Thursday nights, Modern League on Saturday afternoons, and Legacy Leagues on Sunday afternoons. And who can forget Friday Night Magic every Friday evening. J-Dubs has it all, Amonkhet to Zendikar and ways to sleeve, shuffle, and spell sling. Now let's get back to the episode. Thank you, J-Dubs, for supporting us. Now we move down to the breakdown section where I go over what's going to be happening in this week's episode here. Uh, Starting off, we're going to go over to the Boggle Desk. Since no big G is here, we don't have much of a Boggle Desk, but there is a salt and sugar report. Not much salty, a lot of sugar because I went down to Madison, Wisconsin and played in a Command the Midwest event, which I'll talk more details about when we get there. After that, we're going to jump over, no blog talk with Danny, so jump straight over to the news, which is a stacked news week, because last week we had a full Wizards Presents news drop. Oh, so much information came out then. So much. 
After Wizards Presents News, we're going to talk about new secret layer drops that just got announced today. We're going to talk about the Here Be Dragons updates. I got an email for that. After there, we're going to go over and talk about some TCG player and eBay news. That got a lot of people up in some kerfuffles here. From there, going to jump over to the Conjure Currency section where we talk about Magic Finance. Closing off with a thought cast, which is a deck of the week. Beep, 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 beep. Haven't done one of those in a while. And it was submitted by Sean Rover in the Twitch. It's been a hot minute. But then after all that, y'all can go home and be done with our episode. Thorough audio. Beautiful. You're welcome. <laughs> all right, so let's jump over to the Boggle Desk, which is more of a, a a giant desk this week because I got you booze with a sugar report. We don't have any event results. We didn't really have time to type that up, and uh, hopefully y'all don't mind. If you do, come at us in the comments. Come at us on social media. Be like, hey. Give us that boggle desk with reports and shit, and then we'll make sure to do it. <clears throat> but we're going to be doing a, a sugar report of me. I, so this last weekend, I went down to Madison, Wisconsin to attend a power metal music festival called Mad with Power Fest, hosted by power metal band Lords of the Trident. Super good. Highly recommend you check them out. So for the past six years, they've had this festival where they bring in a bunch of power metal nerds and arcade cabinets, and you can listen to metal, play arcade cabinets, things like Area 51, Mortal Kombat 2, a bunch of Sega games that have been cabinet fitted. Also, a crap ton of pinball. They got Iron Maiden. They have a Pabst pinball machine. (laughs) Did you see the Discord when I posted that? Probably, I just didn't realize it was Paps. It is. It's super cool. Uh, Dark Knights, Star Wars, and and stuff like that. So it's it's like nerd central, super cool. Highly recommend you all check it out. Um, I went down there, and Jason Ashcraft of Planeswalker fame, and also Helion Prime. But uh, we've talked we've talked to him on the podcast. He was a guest and uh, a person that we interviewed on the on the episode on an episode uh, two times, mm-hmm. talking about Planeswalker, the metal band, and he got it worked out to have a commander event going on during the downtime of the command or of the, uh, the mad with power fest there. And it's a two day event. It's Friday, Saturday. So Friday went down there, listened to some metal and then jumped out, jumped out and played some commander with, uh, in a, in a pod there, which had eight people total. It was super cool. Just like all these power metal nerds that come bring their magic cards and play magic. So went there I had my I had four of my decks that I brought with me. I brought my uh, Kamal Hardacrosa Ravos Soul Tender deck. I brought my Verena Lich Queen deck, my Kenrith Hidden Nekusar deck, and my Bruvac Mill deck. And I was my my full intentions were to play Bruvac Mill when I went down there because I'm like, okay, this is probably what I want to get here. This is going to be good. And so, uh, did that. Got it. We're starting to get everything set up. Had a table of two other people with me. A third person came and was like, yo, I forgot my deck. Anybody, uh, I really want to play. Does anybody got one? And I'm like, I told him my decks. And he's like, oh, well, I got a mill deck at home. I'm like, okay, well, you can play my Bruvec deck then. It seems like that's going to work out. And then I jumped on my Kenrith deck. So the table, the pod was myself, Kenrith, Nekusar, Anawan the Rune Thief, Bruvec, Grand Delinquent, and an Elenda the Dusk Rose. Uh, Bruvec Mills, and a one mills and Alenda is just a creature Voltron token death life gain beautiful Orzov shit like that. So mm-hmm. Bruvec deck was popping off pretty hot because turn five, the guy that was playing my Bruvec deck 
was going to traumatize the Anawan player dead because he had Bruvec out and was going to traumatize, get rid of his deck. So when it came to his turn, he'd draw and missed out. But when he cast Traumatize, I had a Counterspell in hand, and I countered the Traumatize to save the Anawan, uh, the Anawan player. And I'm like, holy shit, that is intense. After that happened, um, the Bruvec player then uh, played Wandering Archaic, which copies if whoever casts an instant or sorcery can pay to if they don't wandering archaics owner gets to cast a copy of said instant or sorcery without paying its mana cost and alinda had alinda out and a bunch of other things getting ready to go off anawan was just kind of dirtling there was oh a void mage that's right there was a void mage on anawan's side uh dothy void walker that's what it was not void mage dothy void walker out bruvec was milling graveyard libraries were getting exiled and it was getting very intense so uh wandering archaics out i had a toxic delusion hand i cast it for six make sure i kill everything Mm -hmm. and uh i don't pay the two so wandering archaic copies that first one goes off kills everything kills alinda alinda dies comes back with all these one one comes or doesn't come back but dies and brings all these one one uh vampires that it does when it dies and then this the original toxic deluge went off killed those off so it was a, a solid nice board reset and that's when after that anawan player had a vorpal sword out uh, vorpal sword out and that's the new one from afr that it's a one drop artifact equipped creature gets plus two plus own oh death touch and it has pay four black 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 i think it's eight mana total to activate so four colors four black pips and then when it gains the artifact gains when this when an equipped creature deals combat damage to a player that player loses the game <laughs> and i'm like shit we don't got anything for this he was able to pull out a slither blade which is an unblockable motherfucker equip it to that because he had a lot of treasures available because he dropped uh, earlier in the game he dropped like this uh two drop one one whenever it dealt combat damage and made a treasure mm-hmm. so he had like five six treasures saved up at this point and he's playing demir so that's some solid ramp there uh does this equip and attacks the bruvec player because the bruvec player try to traumatize them Bruvec players out just alenda myself and anna one anna one then started to go off milled out both alenda and myself and uh when i went to alenda's turn i tried my damnedest to see if i could do anything to save him i couldn't do anything so it's like comes to my turn my whole graveyard's milled but before my draw phase happens uh so on my board i have nekusar which means i have to draw two cards and then i got uh Life of the Loam in the graveyard. Mm-hmm. And Life of the Loam reads, you kind of replace your, you mill three, replace your draw, puts this card into your hand. And Nekusar makes me draw a second card. So I'm trying to figure out, untap in draw phase before I draw, what can I do to survive? And I had Kenrith out. I cast a bunch of things from the graveyard back because I had Smothering Tithe and got some mana and stuff. And a one was going to win at this point, but I had just enough to figure out to bounce the Nekusar to my hand with a sudden disappearance from a graveyard, I had I flashback the Snapcaster with Kenrith's ability to the battlefield from the graveyard. Snapcaster targets the sudden disappearance, which bounced the Nekusar to hand. And then in draw, I replace the draw with a dredge. So I get Life of the Lone back in my hand. Survive my, my draw phase and attack and kill the Anwan because the Anwan player was at 15 life and stuff. And I had enough creatures on the board and they just had like everything was tapped out. So because they were like, oh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get this. So Friday night, I won. It was fucking bonkers. I did not expect to win. Mm-hmm. Night two, played against, uh, I played against uh, a snap decks infect deck. I'm 
like, oh, no. Snap Dex is the mutate card from Ikoria that when it mutates, it uh, lightning helixes something. And there was a Omnath Locus of Mana, which is the big mana one when you uh, mana pool doesn't un- uh, empty out and it gets plus one, plus one for each mana in your mana pool. Then I played against the Anawan because there was eight people total at the event, and as uh, standings turned out, so that's how the tables broke up. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> this one, I did not get milled out by that Anawan, but boy, was it doing work. Uh, Snapdax missed a chance to kill me. The game was going pretty normal, you know, just like a bunch of swingy kind of stuff. Uh, Omnath was doing big mana things, and Snapdax player was able to kill out a couple of the creatures before Omnath could start doing its thing. Anawan, uh, it had the Dothy Voidwalker out, started exiling our graveyards, but I killed that pretty quickly with an Anguish Unmaking, exile that from play. And then Snapdax got me to four infect counters, and uh, but forgot that when you mutate onto a creature, it can attack right away if it came out the last turn. So it had a pla- they had a plague stinger out, and they had a min death thing, which is a two two infect. I had no creatures on board, so for two turns hit me twice, got me at four. So the other uh, on the second turn when it swung that second time, it mutated. They they mutated on the plague stinger. With Snapdax, which would have killed me, but they didn't swing with the Snapdax. And so I lived. It was intense. I'm like, holy shit, how the fuck did I fucking manage that? After after their turn passed, they're like, oh my god, I could have killed you. I'm like, you could have. You didn't. And then a couple turns go by, the the Snapdax, like two turns go by, I was able to bounce the Snapdax on the next turn to their hand, so that way it didn't kill me. And then on the turn after that, I'm playing Kenris still. And... I manage to do the good old wheel dance where I have Smothering Tithe out. I wheel everybody and got like 21 mana, was able to turn around, and after like a four-minute turn, I was able to kill everybody at the board. Same time. And because of that, so uh, the, the whole event was done in like points and stuff. So everything that you got like checked off on a league, like a typical league sheet that you'd see at a Commander League event, you would uh you get you get like some stuff check out first blood uh last player out and a couple other things but you got negative points if you did things like have an infinite combo if you killed everybody at the table at the same time if when searching your library you take longer than 30 seconds to search for a card and stuff matt hey i called out every card that i was searching and i always do like check with anyone when i'm like I do this tutor and you give me like two seconds and it's like, what do I want? Do I want the brainstorm or do I want this? I feel like I'm pretty solid at at least calling what I am tutoring for. I feel I'm pretty good at that. But anyways, so because of me doing the killing everybody at the table, I got one minus point. And so because of that, when the points got added up, I had 10 points. Snapdax player had 11 points because of yes, or because of Friday. So they took first place. I took second. And then Anna Wan took third. So it was super fun. I got pictures up on Twitter, on Twitter and uh, Instagram and in the Discord. So if you want to see that, you can. And then you can see how tall I really am because the Snapdax player, she was really short. She's like, I don't know, up to my hip and whatnot. Like 5'2", five 5'4". Five yeah, she itty bitty. Yeah, she was pretty short. Yeah, and she was she was badass and a Snapdax Infect deck. I'm like, dude, this is exciting. So yeah, that was, that was my... Uh, that was my sugar report. A very long sugar report. But, oh, if you're watching the live stream. I got the, I got the we Participation got a trophy. trophy. It says, Mad with Power Fest 2022, Command the Midwest, second place. Participation. 
I got second place, sir. Anticipation. If you didn't get first, you're last, sir. Well, I mean, I, so if I if I didn't get that neg one point, we would have been tied, Snapdex player and I, and then we would have done a sudden death, uh, where it was you would have been 20, railed. Yeah, twenty life. Whoever got done first, and that Snapdex deck was fast, and I'm playing Kenrith Control kind of and stuff. So yep. I am not that fast of a deck. I had to get like nope. I would have to mull down probably to get like some good early on responses. But I don't think that would have been enough. So even if I would have, if we would have tied, I don't think I still would have gotten you first. Like have. my odds are, were pretty low. That Snapdex Dex was pure fire. Your your Kenrith deck needs help. I mean, it's good in a four player match. But, but like I said, it, it against needs, a fast deck, it needs help. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so there you have it. That's the Boggle Desk, Danny. Do you got a sugar salt report? Nope. No. Not salty bell. Not playing magic. I, no. Do you want to play some magic later? No, because I have to go home. I feel you. Okay. I have a well, sick dog. Yeah, that's right. You were telling me about that. Well, let's let's yep, get this. Yep. Let's jump over to the news then and start talking about this. I made it blue because I was expecting you first because I was expecting you to have a blog talk, but since you didn't. But we'll keep it in this order here to make it nice and easy. Yeah, sir. So, well, magic folk, here we are. Starting off this week's news section, we're going to go over the details from the first Wizards Present event that went down last Thursday. So I was, I was watching in the car as we were driving down to Madison. Yeah, I was watching at work. I had nothing else going on. It was really cool. Uh, before I go into this, uh, the, the Wizards Presents was a kind of a culmination, like a showcase of what's to come in the next 12 months of Magic the Gathering and well, well, D&D. Everything that came or comes from Wizards. Yes, I think. Well, just watching live, everyone's like comments were, "Where's the magic? This isn't magic." People forget that Wizards is the company that brings you magic and brings you D and D, and they don't have flesh and blood. No, they don't have flesh and blood. They got in their Japanese sector. They got what is that game called? They, du- they have du- Deck Masters. Yeah, Duel Deck Masters. Ma- yeah, Duel Masters. But it's like watching a lot of the comments on Twitch, like, where's the magic? No one else cares about this shit. Let's just go back to the magic. It's like, yeah, they it's started Wizards, off with D&D. It's Wizards Presents. Yep. It's not this or uh, this year in magic. It's Wizards Presents. So it's everything under the Wizards umbrella. Uh, imagine the Nintendo Treehouse for those video game nerds out there when they do their, like, here, here's everything that's coming in the Nintendo umbrella. So yep. you got things like uh, Mario, Pokemon, and just anything on the Nintendo Switch and shit now. So, yep. so they got all the news for what's under the Nintendo umbrella, and this is for everything that's under the Wizards of the Coast umbrella, yep. D&D Magic. So start off with D&D. There's some pretty cool stuff in D&D, and honestly, I'm really thinking maybe this, the end, uh, like I want to get started this year to do some D&D again. That would be fun. It would be fun? Okay, okay. We'll talk afterwards. Yeah, especially with, with what they introduced or announced. <sighs> right. Okay. Uh, not D&D cast. If you all want a D&D cast, hit us up. Maybe we'll do like a special one-off kind of a thing here. Uh, moving back on to the news here. So let's break down everything from the magic portion of the events in the typical This Week in MTG style that you have all come to love and adore. Let's do this in chronological order via sets. Starting off with Dominary United, the newest upcoming set that's going to get released September 9th. Uh, Dominary United details were shown off 
in all of its glory, as much that they could have shown off at the time of Wizards Presents has more been announced, released since then. But as we know, there will be set boosters, draft boosters, collector boosters, and a new stay in the premier booster roster, jumpstart boosters, corresponding to the set. So Dominary United Jumpstart. Quick reminder that Jumpstart is a uh, is for those of you uh, Jumpstart for those of you who are unaware is a new type of twenty card booster with playable cards and lands in the pack meant to just open up two of these boosters, shuffle them together, and play against another Jumpstart deck. Just straight up make forty cards deck. They're all like themed and stuff like that, and. So uh, Jumpstart Booster products will be themed with Dominaria, Coalitions, Phyrexians, and Wild Beasts from the Plane, with booster themes such as Coalition Corpse and Coalition Legions in white, Mystic Mischief and Arcane Mischief in blue, Total Ruthlessness and Total Mercilessness. Merciless? Merciless? Maybe I typed that wrong. I think it's Mercilessness. That, that seems right. <laughs> in black. <laughs> Mercilessness Mercilessness. <laughs> Ready to charge and ready to attack in red, beast territory, and monster territory in green. Each booster will contain 20 playable cards to the theme within there are within those 20 cards. There are two rares, one random rare or mythic rare from the main set with uh, one that is the theme's mana color and one rare that is unique to jumpstart. Two traditional foils, five non-foil lands, and a non-foil full art stained glass basic. Last bit of information on Jumpstart is quoted straight from the Wizards Mothership article. For Dominaria United, there are five new and rare cards that are unique to Jumpstart boosters, one for each color, and all the Jumpstart rare cards are standard legal, which means that not only will they be legal and standard, but they will also be legal and pioneer. So there's that. We... uh, I don't think they've shown the Jumpstart cards yet uh, from my no. cursory. I didn't look a lot at the new spoilers came, that came out today, Monday, but I don't know if Jumpstart, as of Monday recording, if those rares got announced. So I don't think so. I was looking at it earlier, but that was also like before noon, so. Okay. But anyways, uh, the rest of the boosters are typical of what Goes into on goes on with the set. So we have the draft and collector boosters. Um, though a reminder, the collector boosters will have a three percent chance of two of containing an original Legends card that was found in a warehouse. Found in a <laughs> warehouse and opened up at Wizards to get added to these collector boosters. Collector booster displays. Notice how I didn't say boxes are going to be topped with Legends Retold Traditional and Edge Foil Box Toppers. Uh, these are legendary creatures from Legends set, or from the Legends set, remade into a modern era of magic. Uh, both moving along, uh, but moving along, last week we got a full decklist for the two Commander Precon decks, um, Legends Legacy and Painbow, helmed by Planeswalker's Jihada, uh, Binder of Wills in Mardu Colors and Jared Kath- um, Catherine in Uberg. Check out the links down below, or we might just mention a few when or or if we get into talking about some cards in the whole set. Um, but the next product is Bundles, which will come with eight Dominary set boosters, a 20-pack of traditional foil lands, 20-pack non-foil basics, a traditional foil of Herd Migration promo card with 
unique alternate art, and a Dominary United spin down die. Now let's talk about the mechanics of the set, starting off with Enlist, which reads, As this creature attacks, you may tap a non-attacking creature you control without summoning sickness. When you do, add its power to the creatures until this creature's until end of turn. The card shown for this is Guardian of New Benalia. Which is this one right Yeah, And that one reads... It's a white one for a 2-2 human soldier. Whenever Guardian of Banalia enlists a creature, it has enlist, and so whenever it enlists a creature, scry two. Discard a card. Guardian of New Banalia gains indestructible till end of turn. Those white weenie decks are excited about this card because, oh boy, that's not half bad. So it's kind of like a weird version of crew of vehicle, but for creatures because it makes them stronger. Uh, next mechanic is read ahead, which is a new take on sagas. So sagas are enchantments that get lore counters after your draw strip and triggers to a course and it triggers an ability corresponding to the chapter that it's on. When there are three, uh, three chapter, three lore counters on it, it gets sacrificed. Card that they show for here for read ahead is called the phasing of Zalfir, which is blue, blue two enchantment saga read ahead, choose a chapter and start with that many lore counters. Add one after your draw step. Skipped chapters don't trigger. Sacrifice after three. This card is pretty cool. So another uh, chapter one and chapter two, another target non-land permanent phases out. It can't phase in as long as you control the phasing of Zalfir. Chapter three, destroy all creatures. For each creature destroyed this way, its controller creates a 2-2 black Phyrexian creature token. There you go. That's the, the the blue board wipe that was in Morrow's teaser. Yep. So, Coworker and I were talking about this card when it was spoiled and the read ahead ability. Yep. So, when sagas were introduced, they're like, hey, these are meant to go in order by chapter, which was, what, two sets ago? Three uh, sets ago? No, sagas started in original... They're not a, like Dominaria that came out in or, 20... Or I should say, like, they, they brought this up what, when they reintroduced Sagas. In what, Kelheim? Uh, yeah, that's where they made... Yeah, Sagas came back in Kelheim. No, Sagas uh, came back in uh, th- uh, Theros. But, well, okay, so either way, they, they're like, no, Sagas have to go in order. Like, they have to... There's no skipping around, you have to go... Step one, step two, step three. And then they come up with this bullshit. Like, hey, we're going to go against what we just said, like, last year and change it all up again. Now you can just choose whatever you want. I mean, this falls under their power creep kind yeah, of Yeah, I get it, but it's when it like... Comes to cards. One of the new cards that were released is a good example of power creep. They got that Simic Lurgoyf. Right. But, um, yeah, no, the, the, the Rhea head mechanic, I don't know. Like, I'm okay with it because you miss out on the doing all the chapters that you skipped over. So with the phasing of Zalfir here, it's, if you want to go to chapter three, you just straight up destroy all creatures and they get all two twos and stuff. So. Yeah, I, I get that. But it's still one of those facts like, okay, well, you're you're giving people this one spell that has three different options. It's kind of like a modal card then if you're thinking of it in like that way. It's kind of OP, like just doing it that way. I do like it. It, it, it. 
I know listening to Mark Rosewater's Drive to Work podcast, one of the things that they uh, that's the R&D Studio X likes to do when it comes to working on magic cards is be able to make cards have flexibility and stuff. And the flexibility of, you know, kind of choosing what chapter you want to start on, though not going back. I mean, you could do things where it's like the goofy things of, oh, uh, all of a sudden I can remove a counter and shit or something yeah. like that. But if you bring it out on chapter three, trigger goes on the stack of when it has that third chapter, you sacrifice the the saga so you can't like pull pull back and do necessarily any shenanigans there. With yeah, that. I get that. But I guess my question would be then, how are they going to implement the rulings of do you have to declare what chapter is coming in as you cast? Yeah, as it is comes that, in, you okay, choose. So it, okay, so, so it's not like once it enters his battlefield, on the battlefield, then you choose. It's you have to declare as you cast. So it's on the stack. No, it's not when you cast. Choose a chapter and start with that many lore counters. So that right there is broken. So let's see. It has, it has an example, example here. Uh, read ahead is the ability found on saga cards and the sets. This is quoted straight from the Mothership article here. A saga with read ahead enters the battlefield on any chapter counter you want, meaning it enters with that many lore counters on it. Uh, so for the phasing of Zalfir and, in fact, all Dominaria sagas, uh, that means it can enter with one, two, or three lore counters. So it's an ETB thing. It's not a cast. It's an ETB. So you don't. Your opponent doesn't know if you're going to be. It's going to be coming so in. So that right there is broken okay like okay so it's it's like playing a morph creature but face up and they have no idea what it's gonna be well they get any yeah you, it, you no no the the, they, they, on they, the cast you know what it's gonna be so well, you yeah a little you, more you, you, you know what you like know what it's counter. you know what it's gonna be but what if you don't have a counter what if what if you have a destroy enchantment so if it was entered one or two you could destroy it before all the creatures are gone but the moment they like, no, we're going to go enter chapter three. The moment it hits the field, everything is destroyed. Well, it'd be the same thing as the um, most most notable one is Glendal, not Glendalindra, uh, Elishnorn. Elishnorn, you, it's kind of the same with her. You cast it. You see it's going to enter the battlefield and destroy all creatures because all yeah. creatures your opponent's control are negative, negative, but you have a creature removal spell in hand. So it hits the board, kills all your things. And then you can kill it. It's just one of those like I don't know, give and takes. It's a it's a good ability. But, but no, that's it's one of those things like you're expecting it to come in, in chapter one, like every other freaking saga in the world comes in at. Yeah, yeah, that is true. So I, I guess that's another thing. So it, it's just like I said, it's a free spell or it's one spell that has three different spells to it that you could choose whenever the f- fuck you want to have it enter as. What your opponent doesn't know what it's going to enter as until it hits the battlefield and you tell them. Uh, Mimeoplasm does kind of the same thing. Clones do kind of but, the same thing. But but you, I don't know. It's just one of those things. That's like the it's whole good. the whole destroying everything and not being able to respond to it. Like you can't counter it because yeah. it's already hit the field. You can't destroy it because it's the ability goes on the stack. Yeah, see, so it comes in with the lower counter, lower counter abilities. I mean, you could stifle the ability. You got multiple ways. It's, but it doesn't seem like I, that I, I guess I around. guess I'm just looking at like the the white control or the white <laughs> yeah the white destruction is like okay, well, I have an instant that destroys target enchantment, but that's 
an ETB effect, so that's still on the stack. Doesn't matter if I destroy it or not, it's still on the stack. There's only a handful of things to deal with ETBs as well, so... That it's, it's, it's broken. Got, I, I don't think there's... Unless you counter you got, the spell... You got Prize of Mel- Not Prize of Malcolm, Overcharge Malcolm, which is in standard currently. It's that zombie, it exploits, you get to counter a spell, ability, or triggered ability, and stuff. So, But it falls under that category need of it as well. Exactly. It's like you have so. to play that one card. It's not like, oh, hey, there's 15 different kind of counter spells. Or... Well, if we're going to be honest, you have stifle, trick bind, but tails, and you you get what I'm saying though. Stubborn, not stubborn dismissal. Yes, you get what I'm saying. It's the whole read ahead is a stupid ability. My thing about read ahead, like if you're playing sagas, you have to. It's a freaking saga. You got my thing with it is you got to pay attention to see if it says read ahead or not potentially going on because this seems pretty evergreen-esque like they could put this in upcoming dominaria you know the well the, it's the new it's up, it's gonna, say, it's, gonna out. it's gonna say with the dominaria sets because new Frexia is basically dominaria but it's obviously not but it's still all together it's gonna be within this next year of magic yeah, and we'll, we'll we'll cover that. Maybe we'll speculate to see if we think it's going to come in the new throne of it's, the new Eldraine set coming out into the wilds. It's a terrible, in my opinion, it's a terrible ability from Watsy. I'm excited to see how it's played out. I mean, it's, I'm, it's I'm going to be. Waiting, good. I'm just waiting for those sagas to be banned. I like flexibility. I do like flexibility, and this Every, kind of, everything's going to be ratted. <laughs> read, I don't read. I don't read think ahead is going to be ratted to just wiped off the. Sagas is no longer a thing. Do you think it's going to be uh, in 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 two sentences or less? Do you think this is going to be kind of like in the companion discussion? Then you think yes. Okay, I'm excited to see. Yeah, because people are going to be bitching about it. Like you shouldn't have. Like I said, with one spell, you have three spells. Look at the charms. You can't do them all, and you can't do all three, but you get a mode of which one you want to do. Yeah, I get that, but it's still the fact that you get three spells for the cost of one, but you get to choose which one it starts with. I do that. That, that right there is as a saga. It's a saga. Start also, with chapter a, one and go through the end of the book. It does seem pretty balanced, though. Like, like would would you start a book or would you start something at the very end? The flavor wise, yes. Would, I'll would give you, you that? Would you start a saga at the end? Oh, I I went on the saga, but really I wanted to do one chapter of the saga because I was done with it. I just read the the back summary of it. I know what happens at the end. Exactly. Uh, George or George puts a, a gun up against Lenny's head. Yep. And then it's like, whoa, how the fuck do we get here? Exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh no, I'm just gonna I'm gonna skip through the head. I'm just gonna read the last chapter and uh, go from there. Flavor wise, yes. I mean, f- flavor wise on what sagas are supposed to do, not fully tell a story. You can like jump ahead. Does like ah, but read ahead. The, like the word read ahead and the fact that it does what read ahead does i guess that makes sense but in the grand scheme of sagas what sagas are supposed to do it goes it goes against what the term saga means next up in the mechanics we got the return of domain keyword here so uh domain is uh 
is a keyword that matters about basic land types. And mm-hmm. the example uh, that they have in the article here is Nishobi Nish, Nishoba, Nishoba Brawler, Green 1, Cat Warrior, Star 2, or Star 3, with Trampled Domain. Nishoba Brawler's power is equal to the number of basic lands among lands you control. Basic land types among land you control. So this can potentially be a 5-3. In a mono green deck, it'll be a 1-3 no matter what if you have a basic land type of whatever out. Mm-hmm. So there are a bunch of different things that matter about domain. Like they can be put on a, on a permanence, like a, a creature, a uh, enchantments. It can be put on instances of sorceries. You're going to see that, and it's going to be basic land type matters there. And that's coming back. I don't think there's any negativity about domain as a as an effect the no domain players from the that have been playing like those domain cards from modern horizons 2 are going to be excited about this having more things because territorial kavu and that scion of draco or whatever they're both domain cards that this can help expand that domain deck pool for for players for sure next up the most beloved the ultimate mechanic kicker is returning Every ability is kicker. You can't go to Dominaria without having kicker, and you're definitely not wrong. Did you watch that uh, that professor's video where they're like, "Yeah, yeah. everything's kicker." Yeah, <laughs> it's so fucking good. If you yep. haven't watched, if you haven't watched it, you should watch it uh, for the Tulane Community College kicker video. You'll get a good laugh out of that. So kicker is an additional cost that you pay of whatever and whatever when you cast a spell and it does a typically additional ability card that they have as an example here is archangel of wrath for white white two you get a three four angel with kicker black and or red so you may pay an additional black and or red as you cast the spell it has flying and lifelink when archangel of wrath enters the battlefield if it was kicked it deals two damage to any target when Archangel of Wrath enters the battlefield, if it was kicked twice, it deals two damage to any target. So for six mana, you can get a 3-4 that shocks two separate things. And gains four life. And gains four life. Because it has lifelink. This thing is fucking the house. Yep. This seems so good. I mean, just alone, just a four mana, uh, four mana, uh, three, four flying lifelink. That's a fucking Sarah angel. Yeah. It's, this is a Sarah it's a, angel it's a, it's a with gr- kicker. It's a great card. This is and good. then you give a kicker, which makes it almost OP. Is this going to be in your angel deck? You think? No, because it's not legendary. Oh, oh it's not? No. Well, okay. It's missing but, out on the legendary. But, the, there but there's a new card that came out that was spoiled today that is definitely going in there. I saw I saw your excitement in the, the yes. images there. Yes. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. So kicker is returning. Um, next thing that's in here that's been added is a key. The keyword or the ability that's now been key countered is stun counters. Yep. Stun counters make their debut on a few cards in the set, and you'll see them here and in future sets as well. Stun counters keep permanents, creatures mostly, out of action for an extended period. So the example they got here is Impede Momentum. Blue 1, Sorcery. Tap target creature and put three stun counters on it. If a permanent with a stun counter on it would be untapped, remove a stun counter instead, and it has Scry 1. So it, 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 it freezes. The term before was freeze, that we would know it as. Like uh, Frost Links, it fr- froze a target. So this is like Freeze, but extended. So you got Freeze for multiple turns, hence Stun. So Stun counters. Ta-da! Yep. And there you go. Those are the keywords that have been brought up with this. 
I do want to go over the rest of the schedule that was announced. We'll just quickly go over this. Uh, coming in no, or October 30th, we talked last week in great detail about the Magic 30 event that is going on. They're just re-highlighting that. And they have their, we mentioned this a few weeks ago as well, their game store promo cards going throughout Magic's history, starting with Sarah Angel, Ball, Lightning, and Findhorn Elves in German. Those are going to be given away uh, at LGSs for events there. Stick tuned for the full rest of the list. Uh, it was also mentioned more information coming out about Lord of the Rings in 2023. Uh, this set is going to be packed with flavor and history for the original trilogy as per the comment on top of their twitter of post here so tales of middle earth is the name the universe is beyond lord of the rings they have a bunch of images no cards were shown but a lot of art was shown of it um i don't think the lord of the rings is universe beyond it is a universe beyond i thought it was a main set no it's gonna be so universe so lord of the rings is gonna be straight into modern oh yeah it's gonna so be it's eternal not ETH. it's eternal i thought that playable. was a Imagine Horizons. A lot of people are kind of like colloquially yep. dubbing this Modern Horizons 3 because of... It makes sense. Getting printed in there. But they're getting hyped for all that. Uh, Balrog was mentioned, Frodo, and well, Sam. The the whole Fellowship is going to be printed. So, yeah. The whole Fellowship, Um, I'm sure all the villains, quote villains... No, we're going to get Sauron. Well, yeah, I'm just thinking like the, I don't know, I'm sure the Dark Lord's going to be there. You know more about Lord of the Rings than I do. Maybe we've got to get, maybe we got to get Ryan of the uh, Commander Cookout back on to talk about this. Yep. But. Yep, yep. Oh, shit. Before we go on, we got to mention the one thing about Dominary United here as well. What's that? The trailer. Your boy. Poor boy. Poor boy. The goodest of boys. The goodest of boys. Mm-hmm. I haven't read the story, so uh, quick spoiler, if you don't want to be spoiled about this, uh, skip ahead 30 seconds, so let's keep it to 30 seconds. 30 starting, seconds? Starting That's now. a long, it's a long, long thing. So first off, Karn found Shildred in a cave. He was uh, looking for the Golgothian Silex, because he knew that the, the Frexians were going to be there. Well, he had, he had the Silex. Oh, he had it, okay. He, he had was just it. trying to he figure was... out the, the story. So you read the story? Well, I, I read chapters one and two. Okay. Think three, two. I haven't read any of them. I just kind of know from. I read the first one halfway through, and just kind of no, gathering from. Yeah, stuff. he had but. this. He had the Silex. He was looking for something else. He found a tablet in the first episode, or first chapter. But anyways, he got trapped in a cave. Ajani found him, freed him from the cave. Got back to the. Negotiations between the tribes of Dominaria, which happens to be one of them were sleeper agents, so they've been Frexenized. Yep. Uh, Johnny went after them. I don't know if he was techn- technically a sleeper agent at that time. Yeah, that's what I'm. Like, that's what I'm that, curious to find out how long he's yeah. been a sleeper agent because it wasn't detailed how long. Yeah, so I have no so idea. There's, there's the spoiler. Johnny's Frexian. Yep. And Jaya dies. We're going to talk more about that in a secret <laughs> lair coming up. Yeah. So uh, there's that. The trailer was very intense just seeing Ajani because Ajani's such a badass. And then when he turned over and his his missing eye glows red. 
Yeah. It's what people call, but damn it. Not excited for that. Okay. Uh, Warhammer information. There is some art for some of the cards shown. Each uh, collector edition gets a surge treatment foil, which they finally shown what a surge treatment foil looks like. And it's just kind of lightning-esque. It's just more design on the foil. Yep. It looks like a traditional foil. I don't know if there's like it's, a texture to it or not, like the, the texture foil, but it's not like a straight traditional yeah, rainbowish foil. It's not a, just a flat foil. It's actually streaked. Yeah, so it's yeah, yeah. it's like a Pokemon foil. Ooh, yeah, I would I would, I would agree with that Pokemon foil because those have like a special uh, foiling on mm-hmm. them. So, so Warhammer 30k, everything's still on course for that arriving October seventh. New yep. universes beyond coming out about this. Big G, I'm sad that he's not here to talk about this. Maybe he'll mention it next week. But he is a big Doctor Who fan, and they announced and shown art five different pieces of art for a Doctor Who universes beyond. Secret Lair drop. The art looks cool. It has, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I'm not a Doctor Who fan. Matthew Tennant, or whatever Tennant. It has like the Eleventh Doctor, the one with the big scarf, the newest one, and a couple other people. There's like a whole picture of all the Doctors standing looking at a bright star. So, yeah. Uh, no cards announced for that, but that is coming in 2023 sometime. Uh, Dominaria remastered is a fully draftable set featuring cards from 27 sets across Dominaria's history. It's accumulation of every visit to the classic plane. So this kind of is going to be what maybe they're hoping to do, what people were hoping with the Innistrad double feature, where it was like cards from all of Innistrad just put together in one. So they got uh, art of different cards from back in the day. One of them that was shown was a Force of Will getting a reprint in Dominaria Remastered. It has an old border, a borderless version, and then a normal version. So that card is going to be moving down again. So to those of you wanted to get your uh, Force of Wills, hold out on those for a hot second here. So that's coming out uh, in... Is there a release date for this? I can't remember. Off for what? Dominaria Remastered. No, nope. I have no idea. I don't think there's a release date or a time frame yet. But the one that matters is we got the oh here we go this is the the time frame let's talk about the time frame right now show me that time frame the full thing full thing there we go so for the next year yeah so for the next year we got dominator united coming out this fall also this fall, we have The Brothers War. More art was shown on that as well. No other details at the moment. Uh, in winter, we have Phyrexia. All will be one. The The winter set coming out, which is a return to new Phyrexia potentially. Or, you know, the Phyrexia is kind of doing the thing. So the, the thing with the, the Dominator Unite is like kicking off a whole five-set Phyrexian battle here there's some key art showing for some of this stuff that looks very intense highly recommend checking it out because it can tell the story itself um in spring we have march of the machine which looks frexian because the o and of has the frexian symbol and then also in spring there this is where the epilogue comes in that was mentioned in uh, the, the code names and stuff before uh, march of the machine the aftermath 
It's going to be a, a, a set that comes after just March of the Machine. In fall of 2023, we return to Eldraine in the wilds of Eldraine. And after that, the winter of 2024, we have the Lost Caverns of Ixalan slated for stuff coming out there. A lot of people are like, why are we going back to Ixalan? A lot of people are like, why are we going back to Eldraine? <laughs> people were so hoping for like Lorwyn or or something like that. Or Alara. There's a Lorwyn and Alara were what people were hoping for. But instead we back got to the shards. Ixalan and Eldraine. So with Eldraine, at least that's... Eldraine was a good set. It was. It had what, like seven cars that were just like... Seven to ten cars that were just like legit super busted. But the mm-hmm. flavor of the whole thing was like... It was it was beautiful. a well it was a well made set. You can't argue it being like a well done set. I don't think anybody could. It was good. So some of the cards were like very intense. With <laughs> with Eldraine coming back, it makes sense because it's within a three year cycle. Like it's like how often did we go back to Zenicar? Like when we first started playing, how many sets were Zenicar sets when we started playing Standard? Uh. When we, we started playing, we had it was only the re-return, which was Oath of the Gatewatch and Battle for Zendikar, because that was the first time that they did two sets, uh, two set blocks. Was when they started with that. Yeah, Battle for Zendikar was the first two set blocks. So, but well, we had that, and now the single return to Zendikar, and then the original Zendikar, Zendikar, Zendikar wasn't that far in advance of us. No, it was 2009 when, 2009, 2010 when that came out, and we got in during, 2012, yeah, 2013, which was Innistrad, uh, Avacyn Restored was just getting released. Gate Crash was, you were in, Return to Ravnica was the the first set that rotated out when I played. Officially, you you played a little bit during Return to Ravnica. Yep, but I'm just saying that was the first set to what, rotate it? out. It was uh, Return or to was Ravnica, it Gate Crash, Cons of Tarkir, and then it was Gate Crash, wasn't it? I don't Something know the like order, that. but it was early on for 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 Zenikar. So Zenikar going back and stuff with Eldraine here. Yeah, it's like it's understandable because like for those who've been playing only for a handful of years, or not even a handful of years, just since COVID. Because that's when Eldrain came out. Yep. But it's it's just, I can understand why they went back to Eldrain. Because Eldrain was loved by a lot. I don't understand why they went back to Ixalan when everyone hated Ixalan. It had a lot of cool cards. And I'm kind of excited for a, a chance to for them to kind of like maybe suss it out a lot more. Like really work out some of those. like Because when Ixalan came out, it was on the heels of like knowing of, oh, all the power creep from uh, Kelly. Hold on. Kelly Dash was just before it. So they couldn't have changed everything. Like they, there's like a change in play design. It was around fire design when that came out. Like fire design came out after Ixalan. And stuff, and then because of that is when we got Eldrain, because Ixalan was two years before Eldrain, and like Ixalan was like, oh, we can't have a uh, that weak of a, a power level of a set, anyways. But I don't know. I'm excited to see what they're gonna do because it's fucking dinosaurs and vampire conquistadors, and there's gonna be yeah. more pirates. You know, pirates are gonna be a big thing here. Yeah, I don't know. It's just one of those. It's like it was kind of a weak set. It's like why are we going back to it already? But more treasures. 
Watsy loves their treasures. True. You know that like everything that comes in there, you're gonna have a a, a treasure tooth dinosaur. Fucking, we got we got uh, Casey here saying that Ixalan was his favorite set. Dinosaurs are the best tribes, dude. I gotta I gotta fucking tell you about oh uh, Jason Ashcraft. Don't get him off topic. He Casey. has he has uh, some dino decks that he fucking loves. He's a big fan. He's Dino, a big fan dino, of dinos are fine, but it's like KOL was the only tribe that anyone ever played out of that set. But the, moving, the vampires. but moving the along, pilot. moving along. Uh, was that it? All the shit? More, yeah. And then it's just cards and stuff, and we'll talk about that if we get to it at the end of the episode here. So that's that's the uh, the roadmap of Wizards Presents there. But anyway. We come up to August's super drop for uh, Seeker Lair. So I'm just going to read the different bundles that are going to come in. Just like everything else. There's foil bundles and non-foils. And then there's the bundle bundle. But anyways, through the bundle lists, we have showcase arts for Dominar United Texture. Um, foil edition, which actually, that's the only way you can get it. They've done it a few where there's like only foil on yep. certain cards, and really that's the way you'd want that. It's five elder dragons, dude. Oh my god! Hold on, hold on. Let's see if I can pull this up on on stream here, real quick. Keep keep talking, I'll get this set up. Um, I'm just trying to find the names. So we have um Arcadia Sabbath, Chromium, Nicobolus, Veticus Asmidi, Asmada, Veticus Asmadi. There we go. And then um, Polydia Morris. Polydia Moore. There we go. But it's the two colors, two color, two color, two color. Yep, yep. Um, and they all have the... Stained glass treatment. Yep. So... Damn, they're so good. They all have the ability of uh, the beginning upkeep sacrifice unless you pay their colors. Um, so it's kind of the weaker... I, I don't like the upkeep cost. Cumulative I know upkeep. This is better than cumulative because it's only this each turn. Yeah, it's only this, but I mean, it's, I just don't like the fact that you have to pay to keep them alive. Uh, well, remember, this was a different era of magic. These it was were fucking it was beast cards. I like my Rith, his abilities. Oh, dude, are you excited to see what Rith? I want to. I just like. I want to get that photo, that image as a playmat. You know that's gonna be a playmat. You know it's. Oh, I know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get one. (laughs) Thing's sick. But yeah. Anyways, back to the list. Um, We next up we have in memoriam of, actually in memoriam Jada Ballard. Yup. Next up, we have some artist series. First up is Neil's Ham. Hold on, hold on. You missed out on some of the cards there for the Jaya one. Fine. I guess I'll go through them. Gotta read the cards. We got we got some time to pad up here. Okay. First up in that set of five cards, we have Pyromancer's Goggles. It's a five-drop legendary artifact. Tap add red. When this man is spent to cast a red instant or sorcery spell, copy that spell, and you may choose new targets for the copy. Uh, then we have Child Ballard, the Planeswalker of Red, Red, Red 2. Five loyalty, plus one, add three red. Spend it only to cast Instant Sorcery or plus one, discard up to three cards. And then draw that many cards with the negate of you can emblem when you cast an Instant Sorcery spell from your graveyard. 
or you may cast instead of sorcery spells from your graveyard. If a spell casts this way, we would put into your graveyard exile instead. I love this card. That is a great card. It's the arts. It's a, it's a young Jaya. Yeah, it's it's going back to like what the Task Mage looked like from Time Spiral. Yeah. That. It's the mid-20s, early 30s Jaya. Next up, we have Jaya's Immolating uh, Infernal. It's red, red X, legendary sorcery. Um, it deals she deals X damage to each up to three targets. It's good. It's good fireball. Yep. Then we have Pyretic Ritual, which I want to get. It looks so good because I need that for my mono red deck. You do. For anyone who doesn't know, it's red one, add three red. Then we have Repercussions, which is red, red one, enchantment. Whenever a creature is dealt damage, repercussion. Deals that much damage to that creature's controller. That's so good. Yeah, so you can block that 5-5 five, five with the 1-1 and deal 5 damage to their face. Um, next up, we have, our, like I said, Artist Series, Neil's Ham. Um, in this set, we'll, you, you can get the Deep Grown Skate, Tireless Tracker, um, Contingent Engine, Contagion Engine. There we go. Yep, yep. And then Sword of Truth and Justice. So to those that don't know, Nils Ham is by far my favorite magic artist. So I'm just going to get this because it's Nils Ham. And the cards are pretty good. It has the little uh, Glimmer Baron kind of guy that's in there where it's like a little uh, human's uh, little, this little Glimmer Baron thing that's in a frog suit that's just kind of going on an adventure, and then the, in the the deep glow skate one, it shows him in a in a, in a seahorse fucking mm-hmm. thing, and it looks really cool. But yes, Neil's ham. Um, next up, we have artist series Victor Hadmi Minguez. I think that's how you pronounce your last name. Sorry if I okay. butchered it. In this one, we have another four cards. We have Night Explorer, which is like a Kind of like a showcase without being showcase, or it should be a stained glass without being stained glass. Um, then we have Knight of the White Orchid, which is kind of like a Star Wars ish. Yeah, very much Star Wars esque feeling. It feels Star Wars esque. Yep. And then we have Lord of the Undead, which is Mad Max yes. looking. And lastly, we have Compost, which is Shieldred. Uh, is it children? basically? It's ba- I think it looks like it's. It looks children. like sh- it looks it's like children. children. But I think it's. Uh, let's see. The dead ones join Tatsu. Well, so they... compost is green one enchantment. Whenever a black card is put into your opponent's graveyard from anywhere, you may draw a card. That's not half bad. That's children. It looks good. Oh, also, uh, this one and the last one, the the artist series, they come with arena, uh, arena sleeve codes. Next up, we have imaginary friends. This one looks pretty cool. Yep. Uh, so this one comes with Borderless Matter Reshaper, Borderless Toothy Imaginary Friend, um, Borderless Pure Imaginative Rascal, and Borderless the Gitrog Monster. Yeah, they're all all goofy-looking creatures. Janine did such a great job with this. This is like kids' storybook-esque art, and they look really cool. Not going to lie. People are going to love this for sure. Yep, and the last two are both from Dan Frazier. Yep. Um, they are going to be uh, called Dan Frazier's is back again. One is the enemy talisman or talismans, 
and the other as allied talismans. Yeah. So, oh my god. All with like a time shifted uh, border, so it's that brown border. Yeah. Imagine what the signets were last time. Yep. But for the talismans now. Yep. So they're all pretty sick art. Yeah, I, th- I think the, it's like going after that old Mox style art mm-hmm. from, you know, the first few sets of Magic. That's right. And you could also, up until the end of the month, I think, uh, or pre-order, is the Astrology Lions for the Leos. Yeah, yeah, Leos are there too, so. Or or the Cancers, you can get still get too. Yeah, you can get all the Zodiac Lands. The newest one was Leos. I don't think we talked about that on an episode nope. earlier this month. We did not. So yeah, or you can get the bundle bundles for four hundred and seventy dollars and get all of them, which honestly is probably not a bad deal. Yeah. Uh, Magic finance, the the secret layer stuff, kind of do an okay job, price wise afterwards. Yep. Uh, they're all typically the same price of what we mentioned before. You know, thirty bucks for the non foil, forty bucks for the foil. The textured one is fifty bucks, just straight up. You get the non-stop, non-foil for 179 so 180 And then for 290 you get the full of foils. And that's the cheapest, yeah. That's the, that's the typical there. Now, I got a quick update on Here Be Dragons, because I ordered that secret layer, which is done in tandem with Beetle and Grimm's. I'm just reading this straight from their email that they sent. All the Here Be Dragons are on the move and at various stages of shipping around the world. Shipping to customers in Asia through VFI has already begun. VFI ships to local game stores who can reach out and then ship directly to customers. So customers in Asia should expect to start seeing shipping notifications and boxes in the next few weeks. Here Be Dragon boxes have landed in Australia, and shipping to customers in Australia and New Zealand will begin shortly. The first two shiploads of Here Be Dragons headed to for the United States, Canada, and the rest of the world are currently in the Gulf of Mexico on their way to our Florida shipping warehouse. Once it arrives there in the next couple of weeks, the first wave of shipping will begin. The second ship is expected to arrive in September, and everything should ship to customers here by the end of September. A shipload of Here Be Dragons headed for the UK and EU just made it through the Suez Canal and currently cruising across the Mediterranean Sea on its way to the UK warehouse. Uh, once it arrives in late September, shipping directly to customers will begin. Since Here Be Dragons shipping around the world will continue through the end of September, please wait until then to reach out if you haven't received your package of uh, or any shipping information at that point. That's what you got right there. They got a couple uh, a couple things to let you know, like what... Uh, oh, oh here, here's the cool thing about this. Apparently there is some... Uh, stuff to look for and the packaging of hidden information and stuff there. Uh, the secret layer products are secrets. To, their secrets were found in the box. Make sure you look close, carefully throughout the paper craft in their Here Be Dragons box to make sure that you find all of the secrets that we've included. If you're not sure you found everything, they'll be posting a complete unboxing video, spoilers, by the end of September on their website. So, yeah, I just wanted to give a quick update on that, and I'm excited about it because I, of course, got that here be dragons because it looked really cool and the deck box was pretty neat danny you got some stuff to tell us about some big uh tcg player news no uh for those who did not see it uh ebay now controls all marketplaces for magic the gathering (laughs) 
It's a little, it's a little head headline grabby right there from what actually is the case, but but they do. So, anyways, uh, eBay has entered into an agreement to acquire TCG Player. So, brought to you by an article from Seasons. eBay Inc., a global commerce leader that can connects millions of buyers and sellers around the world, and TCG Player, a trusted marketplace for collectible card game enthusiasts, today announced they have entered into an agreement for eBay to acquire TCG Player. So, like I said, eBay now controls the marketplace of all trading cards, basically, even though they have no idea what the fuck they're doing. But anyway, so TCG players still has 100% control of what they do, apparently, for now. So I guess I'll go back to the article before I side tangent and just speak a lot of bullshit. Um, so, uh, I don't know how much you want to read of this bullshit article. Uh, everything is bullshit when it comes to eBay, sorry. Um, so I guess we'll just go with the details. So eBay will acquire, see, this is right here. eBay will acquire TCG player for a total deal value of up to approximately $295 million. The deal is subject to customary, uh, customary closing conditions, including, um, requests, regulatory approvals, and is expected to close in quarter one of next year of 2023. Um, Evercore is acting as an exclusive financial advisor, and Cooley LLP is acting as a legal counsel to TCG player in the transaction. Um, Freshfields broadcasts D-Ringer LLP is acting as the legal counsel to eBay. I have no idea. It's just a bunch of lawyer bullshit. It is, yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's just... I, I, I do have a a Facebook post or a social media post by Chetty, the owner, the CEO of TCG player that said today, this kind of goes in tandem of this, this announcement article here that says today is a historic day for TCG player. Moments ago, we signed a definitive agreement to join forces with eBay. Now you may have read media headlines over the next few weeks that will say eBay to acquire TCG player. While this is technically accurate, Fun thing. Technically accurate is the best kind of accurate and the most uh, accurate kind of accurate. It's technically, Un- technically accurate. Unlike a traditional acquisition, upon close, TCG Player will continue operating independently. Our headquarters will remain in downtown Syracuse, and I will continue to lead the company as its CEO, ensuring our commitments to the entire collectible community remains enshrined and protected long into the future. On a personal note, this announcement marks an incredible milestone for the TCG Player team. I founded TCG Player to ensure that every team member embraced our community's passions for collectibles and could share in our collective company's success. This is why I'm incredibly proud to share that as a part of this transaction, 688 TCG players, hourly and salaried, will share in the financial rewards of this deal as a result of our employee stock option. This is truly a celebration of our intense customer focus and our team hard work over the years. I look forward to the beginning this next part of our journey and encourage you to read more about this article through this article. So, so... uh, so, this is gonna be this is gonna happen the same thing that happened to Magic the Gathering. When Hasbro bought Watsy, everything was fine for a few years until Hasbro decided, "Hey, you know what? We're gonna do what we do at every board game out there. 
can make 20,000 different formats of the same game or themes of the same game. Everybody likes to have their Pokemon Monopoly. No. Just play Monopoly. Just normal Monopoly. You don't need the 30,000 different formats of the same game. But eBay is going to do the same thing to TCG players. Like, okay, well, you guys can have control for a few years, and then, you know what? We're going to take control from here. Yeah. And we're going to wipe everyone out. So. <laughs> and set up our own set up our own chair board and not listen to anyone else except for those five people that have no idea what the fuck they're doing. Uh, there was a Twitter Twitter post of someone posting something from a Discord. Oh, man. If I can find it by the time I post, uh, edit this out, I'll make sure to share it in the links. If not, uh, I imagine if you look up like TCG player eBay breakdown on Twitter, you'll find this Twitter user and stuff. Uh, they were talking about like why eBay would be doing this and for the reason of the cost, kind of like cursory looking over this and without looking into the big financial information that you know both parties have access to as they're making this. Uh, it looks like eBay is just acquiring this because the growth rate of what TCG Player has is something that eBay wants in the future. So it could very well be let TCG Player do its thing for the next few years, but then as soon as it starts, its growth rate starts meeting what eBay expects, then that's when the reins are going to get taken over. It's kind of, uh, from my understanding, the summarized version of that Twitter post there, uh, for the best that I can remember. Uh, I unfortunately don't think i retweeted it because it was on like a web browser on my phone and forgot to to save the link so like i said i'll look for it link in the below, uh, link possibly down below for that and i don't know there's been a lot of memes out they got that uh that uh trailer park boys wade, one wade shared one yeah earlier that was uh we pull it up on discord it's the, the three people sitting in the pews with a gun behind their back. The yep. first one is Channel Fireball with TCG player pointing the gun at Channel Fireball. And then it's eBay and the last one holding the gun to TCG player. You're, you're forgetting one. Because there's three in the booths and then eBay yeah, and was the, the last one. No, no, I no, no, the top one's the, the, the final one. The top one is Amazon. It's the future call. Oh, like Amazon's that's gonna, what it was. Yeah. Amazon's going to snipe them out there. So <laughs> get them all. So, Fuck Amazon. Yeah, and and yeah, the the eBay TCG player thing going on right now. A lot of people are very much like, oh, so Channel Fireball died just to be eaten up into eBay and stuff. And again, uh, from I don't know the way that everything is stated is that everything is going to be running the same as it was before. It's just that the in, money is in, getting until, siphoned up until into... TCG players starts making more money and like, no, what? We're just gonna wipe you guys out and uh, fuck you. We, Here, thank thank you for doing all the work for us. They, they they got a few years. We got a few years to see as this stuff goes. There's gonna be more uh, uh, finance literate magic players than us that will be able to, you know, kind of help understand this stuff. TCG finance, you want to come on the podcast? We'll find somebody. We'll get. We'll see if we can get Lockheed back on. Chris yeah. Martin would love to come back on yeah, and all that shit. That would be a good one to fucking fucking do. Yeah. But the 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 bike back part that's interesting. Six hundred eighty eight people get into getting the the stock buyback. Is that like? But that's do I under, no, that's, no, do, do I understand this that those people are going to get fired and like reestablish? There's their their positions are going to be taken over by like EBA people or something because no. there wasn't anything clearly stated about that because. I have no idea. 
Alright. Uh, come back in the future when we're ready to uh, when we get more information about TCG player. Yeah, I have, I have no idea <laughs> how all that shit, man. That's legal issues. That's like Noah question. Oh my god, we get Noah on. Noah needs to be on. It's been a while since we had Noah on the episode. It has. But anyways, moving along to your favorite section. Yeah, buddy. Weekly winners or the contra currency section. So. The Contra Currency section is where we cover magic finances. <laughs> Imagine just, that. Yeah. No, it's just funny that we're saying that we're like finance illiterate, and here we are having a whole section based on. But here's the thing. We have a, we have a website that tells we do. us everything. They're smarter than us. We go off of mtgstocks.com, who comes out with a weekly winner's article that goes over three to five cards that are moving up in price and three to five cards that are moving down in price. The article drops on Friday. We record on Monday. So if there's any price differences between then and now, we'll let you know. Let's jump into it. So Dominaria spoiler season starting, and that's causing a lot of these cards to some of these cards to move. Starting off, we have Minskin Boo, Timeless Heroes, Green, Red, Two. It came out in Commander Legends Battle for Baldur's Gate. It's a planeswalker, comes in with three loyalty counters. It reads When Minskin Boo Timeless enters the battlefield and at the beginning of your upkeep, you may create a boo. You may create Boo, a legendary 1-1 red hamster creature token with trample and haste. Has a plus one ability of put three plus one plus one counters on up to one target creature with trample or haste. <laughs> Neg two, sack a creature. When you do, Minskin Boo, Timeless Heroes deals X damage to any target where X is that creature's power. If the sacrifice creature was a hamster, draw X cards. Minskin Boo, Timeless Heroes can be your commander. Mm-hmm. As of Friday, it jumped up 66% and was at $8.19. Today, Monday, we have a market value of $8.41. Average price, $9. Foils going for $17.80. European average, $7.03. This card is moving up in price due to uh, just more more eyes and stuff on this people are just kind of like building things like this uh they got a a bit here down in the in the paragraph that says but now imagine just for a second that we're not throwing hamsters but something larger let's say a 2020 merit lage sacrificing it dealing 20 damage to your opponent and it's not being counterable except by things like stifle seems pretty good so there's some legacy decks that are playing this in there but it's just more people are looking at this Minskin Boo card in constructed formats and Commander. Fun fact as well, Kelly from uh, Magic Kids was mm-hmm. talking about making a Oathbreaker deck of Minskin Boo. It'd be so, a solid deck. It would be. Next up, we have Tomb of Urami. Tomb of Urami, which came out in Saviors of Kamigawa. It is a legendary land that taps to add black to your mana pool. It enters untapped. Very important. Uh, taps add black. It deals one damage to you if you don't control an ogre. And then it has two black, black, tap, sack. All the lands you control. Create a 5-5 five, five black demon spirit creature token of flying name Urami. As of Friday, the card jumped up 65% and was at $2, $2.91. Today, Monday, you have it coming in at a grand total of Market price one dollar seventy four cents. Average price two fifty three. European average seventy six cents. So why are you asking? This card is moving up in price. This rare went up, making it a buck fifteen. Uh, people, uh, it says here that uh, I can imagine that this card never really was 
really made waves. Paying four mana and sacking all your lands to get a 5-5 demon doesn't seem that great. Uh, but Aspiring Spike has included this as a one-off in a modern Rakdos sack deck, saying it has low opportunity to cost to include it and can cause some insane stuff with Mayhem Devil on the battlefield. There you go. Sack all your lands. Mayhem Devil just shoots then for, for five mana. So, Aspiring Spike. What a guy. Making all these... Aspiring Spike moves brews, moves cards, because he is like the modern brewer. And people love to watch what he does. He's pulling in a lot of streamers. Or he's pulling a lot of stream views. Next up, Fierce Guardianship from C20. Blue 2, instant. If you control a commander, you may cast this spell without paying its mana cost. And then it has counter target non-creature spell. Friday jumped up 58% and was at 98.99. Today, Monday, average price of 98.83. Market price 86.94. European average 46.90. There is no other printing of this. This was only printed in the Commander 20 decks, which was the Ikoria Commander decks. And moving up because the Command Zone, not the Command Zone. Yeah, the Command Zone. Yeah, it's all played during the hundred, uh, the $100,000 match with Post Malone and the Command Zone on whatnot in the Coma Cosmos Serpent deck. Could have put more eyes on it, but it is a very uh, CEDH-dominated card. You can look at the Command Zone that just did their Cassius Marsh CEDH introduction that more people are now looking at, like CEDH staple cards, and this is definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. Moving up in price there. Danny. To stop have- playing blue. Danny's favorite thing to say. There we go. Uh, Yeah, so cheap pickups. First up, we have Flooded Grove sitting at $3.99. It's moving up. This is the Paint or Pay Land, I guess. It's it's Filter Land. Yeah, Filter Land. That's what I was looking for. Um, Next up, we have Liliana, The Last Hope, sitting at uh, $13.66. It's trending down, so... I guess you could try and sell it before it bottoms or... Pick them up for your modern decks. Pick them up now. This one's moving down because it just got reprinted in Double Masters. Yep. And And Double Masters version. Hold on. That one's even cheaper at $11. Yep. Uh, Lastly, we have Luxor um, Gaeta's Gift sitting at $6.27, slowly trending down. This one might want to be one you you jump in on because you mm-hmm. can equip to Planeswalkers. We have some cool Planeswalkers coming out. And it has an infinite combo with Dryad, uh, not Dryad Arbor, the fucking Devoted Druid. There we go. Devoted Druid and stuff like that. And it could get tutored up with Urza Saga. I don't know, $6 for a Mythic Rare that does a lot of stuff. Right. Could be pretty good. Ooh, maybe I should put this in CSA. Yeah, dude, it's legendary. Search this up and then, oh, hey, get double plus one plus one counters. Yep. Dope. It would be very dope. But anyways, that is the end of the week's cheap pickups or weekly winners. I I was just checking Mox Diamond, and that's moving up again. Surprise, surprise. Right. Danny's going to be rich. He's going to Not pay. quite rich. He's going to fund this podcast on like a trust fund or whatever. So we just keep pulling money no, out of it that's, into the future. I, there's, and, no, there's no kind of money like that. Oh, there's going to be money like that. Maybe 20 years down the road. Oh, we'll still be here in 20 years. <laughs> no, we won't. Want to bet? 
I'll hold you to it. Oh, dude, I won't be doing this at 50. <laughs> but yeah, so that one's sitting at 870 for a foil. It's a great pickup. Buy him now if you can find him. Do, do you want to talk about some deck of the week? Go ahead. Okay, so we have a podcast this week. First time in a long time. Yeah, dude. And this one was submitted by listener in the Twitch chat, Sean. He got a Tergrid Evil Ungabunga deck. Surprisingly budget here as well. Looking at the price of this deck, it's only $507 on uh, TCG player prices. So that's not bad. So Tiergrid, God of Frights, is the black black 345 god with menace. Whenever an opponent sacks a non-token permanent or discards a permanent card, you may put that card from the graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. And it has uh, the backside, so you can it's an MDFC, and you can cast the backside for three and a black, legendary artifact. Target player loses three life unless they sacrifice a non-land permanent or discard a card. You pay three and a black, untapped Tiergrid's Lantern. So it kind of feeds into itself there of discarding cards, losing life, and then when you get the front side, you just make your opponent discard and sack things, and you just gain all of that. This is kind of the uh, boogeyman style, like boogeymander deck of... Uh, commander tables everybody talks about this kind of being like super oppressive and stuff and oh boy from what i can see at this list right here it's, it's falling up in there as uh impressive uh, uh oppressive impressive and oppressive you got lily of the veil there's four planeswalkers all liliana Lily of the Veil, which is each player discards a card, target player sacks a creature, and then makes six separate all permanents target player controls into two piles. That player sacrifices all permanents in the pile of their choice. So if tier grids out, you just get one pile of their their board and stuff. So people like that. Uh, Liliana Vess, which is the five mana planeswalker, has the plus one of discard a card. Target player discards a card, so you can target your opponent to discard a card, and you can get that if Tiergrid's out. Liliana Dreadhorde General, it's neg four, has each player sacrifices two creatures. If Tiergrid's out, you get them two creatures. Even if you sacrifice your own Tiergrid, you get them back there, and so then you just recast your Tiergrid. doesn't seem too shabby there. Professor Onyx. You got Professor Onyx, which has Magecraft. Whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, each opponent loses two life and you gain two life. It has plus one. You lose one life. Look at the top three cards of your library. Put one in your hand and the rest into your graveyard. Neg three. Each opponent sacrifices a creature with the greatest power among creatures that player controls. So tear grid out. You do all that. Typically, since a lot of these, you're you're building up to get that tear grid out because the the power of tear grid when you're making your opponent discard things, it's 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 super cheap abilities to just make them discard and sacrifice things and you just get them at that much of a cost like if your opponent discards like two five drops for your three mana dark deal here you're you're getting stupid value on that that is the value that you're looking for on this deck so creature wise run through here real quick archfiend of depravity blood artist butcher of malachir eradicator valkyrie erebos god of the dead gray merchant of asphodel Liliana's Spectre, love that card. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, each opponent discards a card for three mana. Uh, Liliana Heretical Hero Healer, which is another Liliana Planeswalker, because on the backside it has plus two target player discards a card. 
uh, Magus of the Coffers, Nakarta Revenant, Opposition Agent, Plague Crafter, Priest of the Forgotten Gods, Sangromancer, Shieldred Whispering One, Vengeful Strangler, new card, new ish card from Innistrad Midnight Hunt. It is black one, two one. It can't block, and when it dies, return it to the battlefield transformed under your control, attached to target creature or a planeswalker, and opponent controls and reads. Uh, the backside is Strangling Grass at the beginning of your upkeep. Enchanted permanence controller sacrifices a non-land permanent and loses one life. Nice. So it's just kind of a way to like sneak in there and grab something with tier good. Um, then you got Vindictive Lynch and Whisper Blood Lethargist. You sack two creatures, return target creature from your graveyard to the battlefield. So you're tapping this to sack the creatures that you just took. Uh, from your opponent, you know, when they discard or when they sacrificed and just kind of like pulling back any of these previously mentioned creatures. A good one to pull back would be a Grey Merchant of Asphodel, probably. Or you could pull back a Tirgrig, God of Fright from your graveyard. You just let it straight go to your graveyard if you have a Whisper Blood Liturgist out and just pull it back. So Tirgrid, God of Fright is five mana. It's a lot to to have. So how are you getting this out any quicker here? You got some ramp spells in here. Cabal Ritual, Dark Ritual, and you got Cabal Ritual, Dark Ritual, Bajukaba, not Bajuka, uh, Cabal Coffers, and oh shit, there's no Urborg. Nope. Buddy, uh, do you need an Urborg? Buddy is also a yeah. card over. He's a 101. Oh, yeah. Well, he, I don't think he really needs an Urborg here. He has 31 lands. Uh, maybe he wants more lands. That's my thing, first off. Sean, if you're listening to this, I'm a fan of running more lands. I think more lands are the better. You can have some of these MDFC lands. Like, you're not going to be f- upset with, uh, yeah, it does not look like you got it, uh, Malakir's Rebirth, which is the MDFC uh, one in one black target creature gains when this uh, creature dies, returns to the battlefield, and you lose two life. Like, that'll help your tear grid from getting, like, removed and stuff. It's a good way to like it's like that pseudo counter and it also plays as a land you'd be fine with that adjudim's awakening another land mdfc land that would be pretty good to get added in here you'd pull back you know blooders for cheap you'd pull back uh in order liliana's specter you don't have any one drops your two drops are kind of low there could be a good land to drop in there you do have a lot of ramp in the the artifact section here you got prismatic lens that's more filtering it Ramps and filters to activate things. Mindstone, uh, Felwar Stone, Charcoal, Diming, Basalt Monolith, Arcane Signet. All that stuff you kind of need to help ramp this out. Seems pretty standard. I do like three mana mana rocks a little more as well. And in a slower deck like this, like I don't think you'd be too opposed having... Let's see, let me think. Is there anything that makes shit sacrifice? Oh, I don't know. If you're killing things a lot, you're not really killing things a lot. I was going to say that crowded crypts from the new commander decks to get added in here. I don't think that's not necessarily needed. Moving to the sorcery section here, you got like the typical, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Rack style deck package of you got uh, smallpox, you got uh, strong arm tactics, duress, him to Turok, ill-gotten gains, dark deal to discard cards. It's just all this, all this stuff to help get tier grid value. And tier grid is like the key part here. So 
definitely protecting a tier grid would be important, I would say. Having an Urborg just to turn some of those lands into swamps so that we can maximize on swamps seems pretty good. Nakarta Revenant is really good. Uh, you can also totally toss in a... Oh, what's it called? The four drop spirit thing. Do, do, do. And it has exhort, exert, not exert, exhort, extort, extort. It has extort. So that way you cast a spell and you can like gain, drain life, gain life from everybody. Uh, Crypt gas, there we go. Crypt gas doesn't seem like too bad of a thing in here to help with the big, big ramps on this. Enchantments, you got things like black market. <laughs> That's a good ramp card right there. That's going to get you up there. Uh, blanket of night. Each mana producing land is a swamp in addition to its normal land types. Who needs an herborg when you got a blanket of night then? Liliana's caress, whenever your opponent discards, they drain life. This deck seems very nasty. 100%. Hmm. Danny. Hmm. What do you think about this? Is there is there any... Because uh, Sean was asking up earlier in the chat to give, to give uh, options. For what? Just on the deck in general. Um... It's mono black. Song of the Damned seems like a pretty good one. I that, suppose you could just throw in the infinite wind con of uh, blood and bond. Maybe. Um, or you could put in um, the vampire knight. I suppose you don't... There's a couple different things of lifelink, so... Yeah, what's the vampire knight from... Zendikar Rising? Yeah, I think so. The the Tarmogoyf Nighthawk? No. The three drop. Oh, Vito, the Dusk Rose. There we go. Yeah, Vito. I don't know. I think this deck just really doesn't care about like that whole life gain. But I'm just I'm just side. looking at the creatures and there's there's a few that have lifelink yeah, in them. The accidental life gain off of Blood Artist seems more of just a way of like whenever it or another creature dies to just kinda like help get you to that point of attrition. But it's just also one of those things like, well, because of that, if something dies, you gain life. Or, no, I suppose that won't work. I don't know. Yeah, I'd probably just put the bond in blood just for a simple infinite. It's definitely cheap. I, I do want to know, uh, I think I think maybe running Turok Dead Cantor, the one that came out in Modern Horizons 2 would be a good one. It is that black one pro white and has, if it was kicked, is it a player or maybe it's each opponent discards two cards at random? It's a him to Turok on a creature. Yeah. And that's another creature that you can have. More creatures, the better. Could feed into that Agedem's Awakening so that we have more two drops into your graveyard. It also fits into Song of the Damned when that goes into the graveyard because Song of the Damned is a single black instant, add blacks to your mana pool equal to the number of creature cards in your graveyard. And adding up on that creature count doesn't seem too bad. And there's a few creatures, you know, where it's like uh, this enters the battlefield. You can have like Fleshbag Marauder and uh, all those other ones. You got Plague Crafter in here. So like maybe going up on some of those, that new one from Kamigawa, uh, the spirit one, where if they discard things or if they don't, then you draw a card. So that can get more cards in your hand. That could be a good one in there that also feeds into getting Turgrid out. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. If you want to go balls to the walls, I don't think a jeweled lotus would be something that you would want to say no to necessarily. Yeah, if if you're looking for art, like an actual like quick artifact, because but that's yeah, pretty pricey. It it is, but you'd also could also have turgid out turn two, 
You could, yeah. I'm I'm trying to think of like any ways to untap things as well, so that way you can like tap um, the Mox Amber. Uh, I don't know if there, I don't know if there's a black, a black um legendary. Well, no, a black like infinite with Mox Amber. To untap target legendary. Mm. If you want to go like nah. that kind of shenanigans, I guess I'm just thinking infinites because I know there's a Naya infinite with Mox Amber. Maybe throw in a couple of the swords to protect Turgrid from different spells. I don't know. I think the thing if you want to be throwing in would be like those Malachar rebirths, the undead thing where it's like uh, they can't get removed by artifact removal, which there's always a good chunk of artifact removal. And yep. it's just instant speed like, haha, now uh, my creature gains when this dies, returns to the battlefield. And having Turgrid on the battlefield is one of the key things to make this deck work. So I'm just kind of like looking at that as a way to get that out. Oh, a land that you totally might want to have since Turgrid's five mana would be uh, command, command beacon. It is a land that you pay to, you pay one tap, sack it and return a commander from your command zone to your hand. So that saves you on command tax and that could go into that land field there as well. Like I said, I like having more lands in a deck, so that way you're always like drawing them. And I guess that's one other thing here, looking as way to draw more cards. You could totally toss in things like uh, Read the Bones. I don't think you're ever going to be wrong with a Read of Bones getting tossed that into a deck. Uh, I like the fact that you have uh, the Sorcery one, or the Instant Speed one. Siphon Mine, there we go. Sorcery Speed, Siphon Mine. So that, that's another way for you to draw cards. That always seems pretty good. Or if you're looking for just another mana rock, like uh, Nyx Lotus would be Ooh, a cheap upgrade. Yeah, Nyx Lotus. Since you are monocolor, that'd be a good one to have. And, and uh, this is kind of saying if you don't have a budget. If you got a budget, well, Nyx Lotus well, that's is the thing. Nyx Lotus is four bucks. Okay. That is, that is budget. Nykthos trying to nix. Is that is the that's twenty five that's a thirty dollar card. Yeah. So yeah, uh, nix nix lotus would be pretty good because you do got a lot of permanents and stuff that yep. have blue or black and stuff. Tigrid itself counts for two devotion. Mm-hmm. Um, I do love seeing Gray Merchant of Asphodel though in here, but overall, I would argue that this deck is very intense. And uh, Sean, if you're listening to this, Cage Sun, maybe Cage Sun. It's a good ramp card, good pump card. Yeah, because it, then it's just a, a Mirage Wake for mom color. But if you if you want to try this deck out, jump into our Discord and go into the Looking for Games. There, There's going to be people there. And maybe one of these nights I can get on there pretty... Re- Casey, Casey, I was supposed to play some Modern with him, but I got home super late after doing shit. I'm like, mm-hmm. so sorry, man. So Casey, I owe you some Modern here. How dare you, sir? I know, right? But oh, uh Army Jar is forty eight dollars. Nice. But there we go. That's your deck of the week in the Thoughtcast section here. I think that's all we got for this episode. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, here we are. Nine thirty. Pretty solid timing. Thank mm-hmm. you to all you legendary magic folk for making it to the end of episode 151 of This Week in MTG. Thank you to our Patreons who think this content that you're listening to is worth supporting monetarily. Big thank you. Pat yourselves on the back. You're badasses. If you want to join as well, uh, check out our Patreon link in the doobly-doos down below. Uh, there's also another doobly-doo down there for checking out all of our other shit. Find us all, all online. Uh, and you can also find the link to 
JDub Sports Cards and Gaming website where you can check them out and tell them that they're being awesome for sponsoring us. Fun fact, they had a, uh, a TV commercial out here that I just found out about through my son and my mom. I haven't seen it yet. Gotta check it out. But uh, that's the thing. They got a TV commercial now. Moving on up. Uh, now, Danny, do you got anything else you want to add to this episode? No, sir. With that magic, folk, we will catch you next time. See ya. Congratulations, you made it to the end of this week's episode of This Week in MTG. Your listenership means so much to us. Make sure to follow the podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or on the podcatcher of your choice. You can watch the live stream recording of the podcast every Monday night at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time over on YouTube and twitch.com slash thisweekinmtg. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can send us a message to our Facebook, Twitter, or send us an email at thisweekinmtg at gmail.com. For all these links and more, check out our link tree at linktr.ee slash thisweekinmtg. Thanks so much. Love you, boo. Thank you.